Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How would you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit reset, and that's when you can reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. Look, it's summertime, transfer window is coming up. It's gonna get crazy. So if you ever just wanna, again, take a step back and relax, read the transfer rounds, read the gossip rumors, grab a Coors Light. It'll be perfect companion for all those transfer merry-go-rounds. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when the beer is cold. That way you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Now that it's finally hot in Minnesota, I'm gonna be looking for an easy beer to drink and Coors Light is perfect for that. It's lagered, it's cold filtered, and it's cold packaged. It's again, made to chill. It's crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies perfect for a moment to unwind and so when you want to hit reset reach for the beer that's made to chill get coors light in the new look delivered straight to your door with drizzly or instacart coors brewing company golden colorado and as always celebrate abner mares is a world champion boxer olympian sports commentator and most importantly dad to two little girls Beloved by abuelas and hardcore fans alike, Abner is a pro at entertaining the world both in and out of the ring. On Bloodwire's new podcast, On the Hook with Abner Mares, we'll hear from Abner, his family, fellow athletes, and other people who made him the boxer and man that he is. They'll chat about topics like the state of boxing, Abner's American dream, and being a husband and a girl dad, which is pretty rad. Listen to On the Hook with Abner Mares wherever you get your podcast. Episodes in English are out on Tuesdays and episodes in Spanish are out on Wednesdays. Hi, this is Ruben Loftus-Cheek. I'm Pat Nevin. I'm Mason Mount. You're listening to the London is Blue podcast. All right, Chelsea fans, welcome back to another episode of the London is Blue podcast, uh, UCL Champions League edition midweek. Uh, as always, your host, Brandon, joined by Nick and Dan. Gentlemen, uh, Krasnador, is that how we're going to pronounce this tonight? Or Dan, do you have a, a different way you'd like to say it? Yeah, Dan. <laughs> Krasnodar? Like, uh, I, I don't know. Or, or what's the other way we would pronounce it? Krasnodar. Krasnodar. You gotta throw get a little spice in there. So why do we need spice? There's probably different ways we could butcher it, but all right, well we'll stick to that because we're gonna be saying that name a lot tonight. Obviously, it's the Krasnodar match review that we'll be digging into today. Um, So kicking it off like we like to uh, this season's with that three-word match review, sprinkling in that sauce, Dan. Uh, This is this is becoming far greater than the podcast itself. It is, you know, just it's. People love it. People love coming up with witticisms. And, you know, we had some good ones. You know, Ka with German penalties only. Training starts Monday with Darkest Timeline canceled. Black Magic HD chemistry to come. Deep Blue Dive quality greater than performance. Chip Law with Death Star operational. Really like that one. Mm-hmm. Harish with What's Up, Roman? Uh. You know, Roman Bromwich was at the match with the $1 face mask. Jeff Juck's daddy. I'm Rich Ziach. <laughs> In the Chappelle I voice. That. I love that. I'm God, Rich Ziach. Gonna have to like butcher Ziach's name to make that one work. My yeah, God. I know. And Andy with that escalated quickly. <laughs> Topher with Hershey Hazard helps. And then Jonathan Kidd just ripping off multiple back to back to back. <laughs> Must do better. Not very good. Adoy worries me. So does Rudiger. I, I think I have to DQ him just for using more than one. But I, uh, I think I think Def Jux or Topher were definitely the ones that, to me, just ran away with it. If you if you've listened to the fan cast, that is one hundred percent Jonathan Kidd right there. That is an unfiltered <laughs> kid. Yeah, he is not a rule follower by any means. But 0%. that's why we love JK, and that's why we love him on the fan cast. So. Uh, appreciate that. I had crucial UCL win, so totally cheating with the uh, the abbreviation there. Um, but obviously, from a group stage standpoint, uh, goal difference and three points will be big for us. Uh, Dan, you had an interesting one. Yeah, it uh, goes to the subs, but it's 29 magical minutes because that that was the best part of the game. The last 29 minutes. No, I, I got it. I just wanted to let it sit there for a second. I, I understood. 
<laughs> Nick, you have more numbers. I don't know where this is coming from. Well, my my original one was too political, so now I'm now I'm back down to what my normal formation preference would be. The 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 numbers are spelled out here. Four, three, three. It's all we need to know. It's the only formation that this team should play. Obvious that it works. Obvious that it, it's by far the best setup and the best movement that we got out of the match. Um, let's stop. Uh, let's stop messing around with it. Let's. Uh, let's it was the it. most common response to the three-word match review. So you, yeah. you are a man of the people. You are the salt of the earth, Nick Verlani. Hmm. Well, people have said that for years. To be honest, though, I mean, yeah. What was your other one? I th- I liked it. <laughs> My other one, again, too political for most people, but it was little Russian interference. Oh. I look. I said it in our group text, right? I said, look. If Roman has to, he's going to meddle in this match. He's making sure Chelsea leave with three points. So I think you can take the the politics out of it and just, you know, make it about our our Russian oligarch showing up at a match. Little Russian interference. That's what we got. That's what I want. All right. 4-3-3. All right. Well, what we'll be discussing, uh, in case you are unfamiliar with this, would be uh, Zia shining bright uh, Mendy continuing to delight. No, I did not write that. Four three three, not just a dream anymore. And German goodness will be the the three things we're going to dive in. So uh, sadly, no Patreon thank yous. But that doesn't mean all of you already in our Patreon don't get a thank you because you've been crushing it in Discord. Dan, you have Apple Podcast reviews. Yeah, three more, three more five star reviews in Apple Podcasts. We appreciate the love and support there. It also helps us connect with new listeners. So continue to drop those five star reviews. Give you a shout out on the next podcast. But Anisha Katara, Justin from Kalamazoo, and Galen, yeah. huge, huge longtime friend of the show. Galen, we've enjoyed a couple of beers with that gentleman. Yeah, I love that. Justin guy. too, big shout out. It's it's cool uh, when you get to see familiar names, not the yeah, uh, it's nice <laughs> the things you can't pronounce. Well, uh, just the the gobbledygook of numbers and yeah. letters and characters together. It's, no vowels. This is nice. This <laughs> okay. is nice. I like seeing people's real like names in this. Kit Katara too messaged us on Instagram. I was like, hey, we've been listening for four years and I finally did it. And I was like, see, that's the thing. There are a lot of people out there and I'm guilty of this myself with shows that I, I listen to frequently. I just listen to them. I don't go and do the whole yeah. five-star review. I don't leave the whole thing. So yeah. if, if you've been listening to us for six years, come on now. You yeah. got this. Yeah. It, it's 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 what we do to talk shit to other fellow podcasters. It's kind of like your way to, to size them up. Be like, oh, how many, how many five-star reviews do you have? So mm. we're sitting strong. Like, this is good. We put out the charts. We're, we're, we're literally batting with the big media giants, which is which is fantastic. So appreciate your support. Uh, last one goes to New York. Bef- oh, wow. Wow. Last wow. one goes to you, Nick, before we jump into the match review. Are we cutting that one out or are we leaving that one in? Uh, we're going to let it fly. Editing yeah. is uh, efficient tonight, I promise you. Uh, anyways. I.e. Brandon's got to be editing. Um, so here we go. Uh, I, I know that some folks might think saying, to vote is a political statement. It is not, it's your civic duty. If you live in the United States, you have a handful of days to vote early, most likely um, in your location. If not, get to a polling place on election day. Super important that you vote. Um, We only do this once every couple of years when we do the midterms and the main elections. So you're gonna listen to me say vote for another couple podcasts and be okay with it because it lasts four seconds. All right, enough. All right, well, on to said match review. Krasnodar in the Champions League this past Wednesday. You have to say it like that every time, though. At the Krasnodar Stadium, <laughs> the scoreline Krasnodar zero and Chelsea four. Um, we had four goals. It was my the first was my favorite, but instead of taking away the thunder, I am going to turn it over to the Chelsea fifth stand app. The only official Chelsea app. Go download it if you haven't. Uh, they post everything first there before it hits social media. At least all the good stuff. So uh, go check it out and we'll take it right back from them. This is Azpilicueta. Havis and Werner both waiting for this. Was he called there? Got I wonder. Referee points to the spot. Oh, you know how good Jorginho is from 12 yards out. Can he put this one away? Oh, he's hit the post. He's ricocheted out. Werner has a go. He's cleared away. Steps away from one. Werner uh, rather Havertz made a move forward. Here he is, looking for Hudson-Odoi. This is better. 
Well, if Safanov got lucky with the penalty, he doesn't there. Werner calling for it. Pulisic wants it as well. Here he is. Was that handball? Arms go up. Referee points to the spot. Now then, with Jorginho off, someone else to take responsibility. Werner for 2-0. That's how you take a penalty. That's a really good strike. Pulisic wants more. Up against Martinovic. This is Werner. Looks to play it back. Here's yes. Twist turns, finds the corner. A full debut for Hakim Ziyech, and that's a wonderfully worked goal, wonderfully taken goal. Stopic and restarts and substitutions, of course. second Abraham, and he's bulldozing fast as he's Pulisic on the turn. Krasnodar nil, Chelsea four. All right, so Hudson Odoi, Timo Werner, Ziyech, Pulisic. Look, it was all going great until Christian Pulisic decided to show up. Like, honestly, 3 nothing. That's all the points we needed. The goal difference was settled. And then Christian literally goes and ruins the day. We didn't need four. Brandon's been against Pulisic this whole time, folks. And Anti-Pulisic, really, anti-American. Really <laughs> Look, it's simple. I predicted 3 nothing. Dan, bullshit, predicted 4 nothing. We, I, all I'm saying is we were good at 3 Okay, Nick, I don't even know if you made a prediction, honestly. I did. I did. I predicted we'd, we'd win 4-1. to one. And look, there were a couple of moments in there that, that could true. have been right. So, you know. It's, it's, it's very true. Um, okay, let's go ahead and run through the lineup, Dan, before we touch on some stats and uh, get into this thing. Yeah, starting lineup included Mendy between the sticks. We had Aspilicueta, Zuma, Rudiger returning to the lineup, and Ben Chilwell as our back line. We had Jorginho and Kovacic as the two, and then we had a Havertz, Ziyech, and Callum Hudson-Odoi hanging out behind Timo Werner. Our substitute bench, much deeper than the injury and illness-ravaged side of Krasnodar, with Andreas Christensen, Willie Caballero, Fakawa Tomori, Olivier Giroud, Reese James, and Carlo Zeiger with the unused substitutes. Used substitutes included N'Golo Kante, Tammy Abraham, Christian Pulisic, Mason Mount, and Emerson Palmieri. And that's right, five substitutes, because just as a reminder, the Champions League, and it does allow five substitutes across three moments in a match. What a weird... Like, no consistency. Just a new set of rules, new way to play the game. It's just weird that this is the situation. But I tell you what, Chelsea benefited from it greatly. And and they did say that this is probably a rule that would benefit the bigger teams with the deeper squads. Uh, and it, it, it came out with some funny tweets, like, I didn't remember that Emerson Palmieri still played for Chelsea. Uh, you know, it, 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 uh, it added opportunities, we'll say, for, for some players. Uh, some of the, sh- the stats, we had 16 shots, 7 on target to their 13 with 4 on target, 71% possession on the road. Uh, we had triple the passes. Um, we had the same amount of fouls at 12, which is interesting, but they had two cautions are none. Uh, we had three offsides there, two, four corners there, six. Expected goals from, at expected Chelsea. Great follow, by the way, if you're not. Um, Krasnodar 0.69, Chelsea 2.46, including two pens. So obviously the penalties uh, buffering that. Yet one of them did not go in. So not to get into the anti-Jorginho debate, uh, which was raging after that one. Uh, but Ziyech had a, a good second half, a uh, bad first half, in my opinion. Um, and But the, st- the stats back it up that he did well. So Nick, from your perspective, outside of the stats... Uh, how has Hakim looked in his really his early starts and as a, as a Chelsea player? Yeah, I mean, first start, he's he's made a couple sub appearances. Obviously, um, I I put in our you know, we have an ongoing thread with Joe Tweeds in our WhatsApp that is just nothing but sauce. I mean, it's pure sauce in there. It, um, Nick, is is that Joe Tweeds uh, who is going to be hosting the King's Road uh, podcast series coming no. to you very very soon on the London's Blue podcast? You getting paid by him? Yeah, I was about to say. <laughs> you mean whoa, the whoa, thing that's going to be on our podcast feed? Like this really weird thing, right? Promoting oh, stuff that we're going to be involved is with? Tweeds, like, uh, I'm your guy. Like, come on, man. I know you oh, have oh, a Swiss bank account. Let's, I went um, in. <laughs> let's make a deal. Uh, all right. Back to Hakim Ziyech, who I, I think 
the, the thing I tweeted in our in our text group is, or text in our text group, not tweeted in our text group, would be, I think he has the look of a stone cold killer. I think that if not today, very soon, he is going to raise the expectations of our attackers in a very big way. He does not look like he's messing around. He does not look like he's quite up to speed at all times, but I think there is a real kind of, him and Werner have the same kind of like, all business, don't mess with me. I'm, I'm trying to do a thing here, get out of my way. Like that is, and, and for a team that, at, you know, last year at times was a little happy-go-lucky, was a little chummy, it's gonna be weird for Chelsea fans to see that. But I think he is, Dan, going to raise the expectations and the performances of the players around him. And that is only going to be crucial and good and tasty for us as we move forward. Well, if we think about where Chelsea have struggled in phases this season, it's been our ability to change direction or move quickly to shift the other players around. And I think for the first part of this match, when you had you know, a midfield pivot of Jorginho and Kovacic in there, we really struggled to do anything that you could even remotely describe as fast. It was very methodical. What Ziyech brings into the game is an ability to quickly switch play. Some of the passes he was able to knock across to Chilwell or knock into the range of, of Callum or to put you know, in a position um, you know, for other players to, to get after, not always getting it to the player, but putting it in the area, that's going to be a pretty... When it gets converted multiple times this season, because it will, the cross that he's able to put into the box, that is a sexy delivery. And that is something, Brandon, that I think we're excited to see more of. And I think as he continues to get into full game mode, get into actually starting more matches again, this was his first Chelsea start. Just remember, gets injured in a preseason friendly, the only preseason friendly we had, gets knocked on the knee, <laughs> misses so many matches. This is our first, uh, you know, six Premier League starts, misses our first start in the Champions League, makes a couple substitutes appearance. This is the first. It is October. It is October 28th, and it is the first time he has started a match for us, yet he was the first player we signed heading into this last window. Dan, injuries aren't funny, all right? It's not a laughing matter. They're not. They're no laughing matter. <laughs> um, dude, talk about sauce. Hakim Ziyech's left foot is it's gold. It's pure gold. Um, the audacity that he has to chip in uh, little lofted passes with pace and velocity on them, and they can literally drop over a defender's head and onto Kai Avert's forehead is unbelievable, all right? But... He's a luxury player. He is so bad at tracking back and putting in a tackle. It's like comical. But he's so good going the other way that we just are going to have to adapt and we're going to have to deal with it. Um, and, and it was just he was even like upset with himself at his inability to tackle a couple times tonight. So I just want to say like Reese James, Aspie, they're going to have to be ready. But before they would almost have to overlap to offer something, you don't with Hockham. He offers so much on that side that you really don't have to give him too much support. That's and we'll we'll talk about why the four three three is so important, but when you have the third midfielder in there, he doesn't have to track back as much. It lets him do what he can do, and what he can do is exactly what Dan described. You could have stood there on the other side, the opposite side of the field from Hakim Ziyech, put your arms in a hoop, and he would have scored every time. Like he, yeah. it is, it is incredible to see just how accurate some of these long driven fast passes are these are not lobbed up in the air waiting for a defender to get under him and head him away these are bullets mm -hmm. and yeah i think it's ridiculously impressive the other thing i was going to mention about him that you know, dan kind of triggered me on was the you know when play gets congested on one side or the other and if it gets congested on ziesh's side with reese james or aspie or whoever and the other side is wide open you got to chill well just screaming down that is going to open up so much room behind uh, behind uh, opposition lines that we're going to be able to do those easy cutbacks all day. 
Mm-hmm. And and I think you've started to see a little bit of rumination there because we haven't had someone who's able to deliver that accurate of a ball to open up just that tiny amount of space. And when that starts to go, I mean, good Lord, that's well, tasty. The, the problem is, is that we have had players that do that, but it's been our fullbacks. And the issue then is if you're counting the fullbacks to do that, typically the majority, like you, most most often the fullback is not going to be up there without additional players in the area or the defense compacting themselves into that section of the pitch. With Ziyech being further forward and potentially getting the ball off of a, a turnover or kind of a quick pass played into him, there's more likelihood that someone on the other side might get the benefit of a, a one-on-one, two-on-one scenario that they can really capitalize and take advantage of. There were one or two times where Chilwell was so, was so far forward, Havertz was, you know, we talked about the header, was up in the box and could have potentially converted on that. I think, you know, he had, you know he, he got tall, which I think is the thing that you forget and you just look at him sometimes as how tall Kai Havertz is. That is the type of thing that we're going to get to see more and more often, Brandon, is just you know really someone who's able to help deliver passes with a high level of accuracy and to play others into a position to convert. Again, fantastic left foot. So the stats from Squawka uh, are 87% pass accuracy, 57 touches, 11 total duels, which that's kind of a weird stat that he was just involved in, <laughs> didn't, didn't give his, his recovery rate. Uh, seven recoveries, five shots, four shots on target. Fantastic. Uh, two tackles, one chance created, and one goal. Uh, and again, Opta Joe following this up with 13. Akim Ziyech has been directly involved in 13 goals in his last 15 starts in the Champions League, scoring six goals and assisting a further seven king. I definitely think that he's going to be much more effective in these European competitions than maybe against a, a Burnley, for example. I don't know, man. I, I think he'll be effective in most matches. Not all, but most. The The goal, I, I find it hilarious that we didn't talk about the goal first, but I think we're all just so amazed by the range of passing that that's you know, it's like the first thing that comes to your, your mind. His goal was eerily reminiscent of Pulisic's first goal last year eerily reminiscent like he i think he did more to make his goal than pulisic might have just by doing a step over and going past and driving in with the left foot but there were that was a tight space for him to get through a little dribble here a little you know wrap around there and and he put a bullet into the side net and i think you could tell how much that meant to him dan i you know get the monkey off his back a little bit to I don't know. I think just kind of cap off a really good performance with a deserved goal. It's exactly what you want to see. And you know, I think that you know uh, Lampard had some comments after the match saying that he'll get better. We brought him in to do a job. People may have forgotten about him since he was signed in January, but he is here. And that's uh, and he did win the ball back, as Brandon highlighted seven times, but it was more than any other player on the pitch, too. So we, we did talk about not maybe wanting to make a tackle, but... Yeah, there was one or two times where he tried to play one-two off the defenders and uh, tried to. <laughs> he's always trying to get the ball back, which I think is something where he's he's trying to be around it, he's trying to be involved, and that's exactly what you want for someone that's really trying to. Again, he's the the magician, right? He's trying to make something happen out of nothing, and he was able to pull a rabbit out of the hat today. Brandon uh, Lampard then added, "He's here and he's perfect," which I I thought was a little weird, but. <laughs> So the only problem with, with Lampard's quote, though, is that talk about buying him in January. We very publicly did not buy him in January. We waited until the transfer window was closed, even though everyone was upset and wanted him last season. Chelsea playing the long game on this one, getting him in, apparently right at the perfect time. So the deal was better that way. But uh, look, as we go from one luxury attacking player to another, Edouard Mendy. Mm. Mm-hmm. Luxury attacking player? Tell, tell you what, nothing better starting that counterattack than Edwa. Um, it, it's it, you know it, again, it's just his presence, right? Um, had made that one big save in the first half. I thought it was a really good shot. He's able to get fingertips and put it on the post. Again, collecting crosses, going up in a sea of of attackers and defenders. When you know Zuma ended up on the ground, uh, he just he he has a presence about himself and and. Look, that, that's a big thing we've missed. Uh, at Nisar Kinsella saying, 
It is the first time Frank Lampard has managed three clean sheets in a row at Chelsea in all competitions. So we got that going for us, Dan, right? Positive <laughs> stats, baby. <laughs> it's a good stat. It's a it's a great stat. You know, I think it makes you feel a little bit better about building off of the, the work that was done over the past couple of matches here over some draws that were a little drab and, and boring at times. Look, this was not a perfect performance by any means, and we've got much more to unpack, but I do think that Mendy offers such a level of calm and confidence to our side. I'm not worried about the random shot that's okay, but not great. Just somehow doing what Callum shot did and bouncing off our goalkeeper into the back of the net. Like that's that's not going to happen with Mendy between the sticks. I just don't believe it's going to happen. Uh, mostly because he's only let in the one goal. So in general, I feel pretty good about where Mendy's at. I feel good about his presence. I love his his movement. I love his ability to come out and collect the crosses. And you know, he just he definitely has is already starting to kind of give it to some of the other players. Like hey, when Aspi knocked that ball out of the back, uh, Mendy was not quiet about how unhappy he was with like the lack of communication there. Nick and I think that you know I just I like seeing a keeper involved I like seeing them being respected by their their peers and it was good great right hook a great jab you know I mean I think in the ring he looks he looks ready you know I think Tyson Fury's Tyson Fury's next you know he did the did the WWE style kind of looked at him in the no okay um yeah I look he wasn't often challenged tonight yeah, i think krasnodar or as brandon would say krasnodar um did not did not threaten the goal a ton they they had a decent amount of shots but it, you know some were kind of rosette if you will um i i just think he provides a presence aerially that if that is your route to goal is going to be very difficult to get by him, especially if you're crossing in from what have been some difficult angles, admittedly, Brandon. I mean, as a goalkeeper, you know, those like in swingers from the left side or the right side that are a little deeper angles, the, you know, that's where uh, those, that's kept us kryptonite, honestly. I mean, we, we haven't really given him a, a shot, but Mendy is so proactive in coming out and claiming almost everything that he can as a as a Chelsea fan, you're like night and day difference in that one aspect of goalkeeping. Yeah. Um, Squawka with the low blow here. Four consecutive clean sheets for Edouard Mendy in a Chelsea shirt. Uh, but the low blow came from the retweet quote from William Hill, who tweeted, Edouard Mendy has now kept more Champions League clean sheets, two, than Kepa Aretha Balaga, one. He hasn't even conceded in the competition. Hands up emoji. I mean... Again, another positive stat that we can just accept, read, and let exist. Can can I make a plea to our followers? I know that Keppa has not been very good. And I know that he is not likely to play much this season. Can we just let can we just judge Mendy against Mendy and not judge Mendy against Keppa? Keppa's obviously not in great form or else he'd be starting. Like I think the more we keep kicking him while he's down, the worse it's going to be long-term. So just my personal plea for everybody is just to, hey, man, Mendy's great. You then, just because you say Mendy's great, you don't have to then come on the back end with a, man, he's so much better than Keppa, you know, idiot. Yeah, I mean, there's, well, that's, that's, I just, there's two way to compare players against the incumbent and then against the the standard around the league. So it's like Chilwell is a massive upgrade because yeah, but of we don't Alonso. do the same. We don't we don't do that regularly though. You know, for goalkeepers, that there's always that shutout and that save, which are like such big stats that you can throw around. Like left back, you're like, oh, he got dribbled three times. Yeah, you don't really throw that around. So it's just easier to have the top line stats to compare goalkeepers to themselves. But I mean, I I'm not arguing with you. That's for sure. Dan, I think was about to argue though. And kick, well, kick I was going to say that actually the what we should be doing is pivoting to what you were highlighting, Brandon, which is we should be comparing him to the other keepers in the league at this point because Mendy is showing that he might have been 
Yeah, we talk about Thiago Silva being a really shrewd signing. We oh, talk no. about Timo Werner on the release clause being a great signing. Could Mendy be Uh-oh. the absolutely sneaky steal of the transfer window? No. I don't know. Could be. Well, I mean, if you're Liverpool, no. They're not they're not taking Mendy over Alisson. I mean, this, this could be a slippery slope. We could go down. I, I, I don't know. We haven't seen enough of Mendy. All we know is it's working in our system, and that's all that really matters. All right? So we'll, we'll get a, we're going to time out this real quick. All right? We're going to take our, our ad break of the show. Uh, when we're going to get back, it'll be getting stuck in with Nick's eye test on Kai Averts. Uh, we'll be talking about the 4-3-3. Um, and then we'll also be looking ahead at the Dana match and, and uh, the group standings and, and kind of how it, how it stands. So... Uh, Thank you to these sponsors for supporting the show financially, and we will be right back. 2020 has been hard enough. And you know what? Worrying about your routine for taking care of business below the belt shouldn't have to be one of those things you're concerned about. Thankfully, our friends at Manscaped are making your life simple, and they're going to allow you to turn your bathroom with a snap into your very own private. This is the exact copy from the text. Dong Salon. You know, they're, they're concerned about your bangers and mash. They don't want it to look like a mess. You know, they don't want it to be the worst. Get it? Bangers and mash and worst. Anyway, they just released their products in the UK, Canada, and Australia. The lawnmower 3.0 trimmer offers a replaceable ceramic blade with the advanced skin safe technology that helps reduce grooming accidents. That's a plus. Waterproof technology allows you to groom in the shower and for up to 90 minutes, hopefully not all in one sitting. And they also released their Shears 2.0 nail kit, which is the perfect add-on for the lawnmower 3.0 trimmer. Their perfect package pun intended, comes with two free gifts and other liquid formulations to help complete your ball trimming routine. These formulations are all vegan, cruelty-free, dye-free, sulfate-free, and paraffin-free, if you know what all those are, to keep your, yes, this is in the text too, disco stick in good hands. Look, you're probably thinking about it. You know, you want to keep yourself smelling fresh. You've got the crop preserver for keeping the odor to a minimum downstairs. They've got a crop reviver toner that is spray on for the jewels. And then they've also got a foot duster deodorant. So good, you can even reduce the odor of the dirtiest feet. All these things sound great. And you know what? They got a code for our listeners. London is blue. It's a 20% off free shipping at manscaped.com. And so, you know, if you want to protect the package and not uh, not have it be the worst, uh, go hit it up now. Manscaped.com. Use the code London is blue for 20% off plus free shipping. Even though sports had a break, your business didn't. You have to keep moving, and that makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier. Like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with the free $75 credit at Indeed.com forward slash podcast this is their best available offer anywhere go right now to indeed.com forward slash podcast terms and conditions apply offer valid through september 30th all right for nick's eye test i'd really like to hear dan's breakdown of of nick's eye test (laughs) (laughs) it's terrible it's just awful how does he keep on coming up with these stupid topics you're the one who gave him the running segment not me so no he he wanted it he asked for it (laughs) I said, sure, Nick, this is a great idea. I love the idea of you doing something that's not based in any type of reasoning other than your own objectivity. And here it is, Nick. The eye test of this match is... Uh, Havertz is the number 10 isn't working very well right now. I, it's probably not a shock you listened to the show before that I, I haven't seen enough to justify prioritizing an entire formation around it. I think that's probably my biggest beef with the Havertz in the number 10 kind of floating around the pitch roll. I thought what was interesting about this game, especially in the first half is, I mean, the moment I tweeted it, of course he assisted Cal Mazzotadoy's terrible goalkeeper error goal. Um, But 
that was the first time that he had gone back to goal to receive the ball and then made a quick pass in the final third. The rest of it was him kind of bobbing and weaving around. There were time, there was times earlier in the match where he was kind of crowding Ziyech out on the right. Um, I, I don't understand kind of his role. Maybe I'm not tactically astute enough to understand what he's doing out there, but it looked a little lost. It looked a little disjointed. You actually found him late in the first half when things were not going as well as we would have hoped that he was dropping way deep to receive the ball from Jorginho. Like in the formation, you're like, okay, well, you're basically just an eight now. I mean, why not Why not play as an eight? So I think, Dan, that's my, my beef is that we have structured this entire formation to prioritize him in a role that I do not think is benefiting the team enough to justify it. And it, it flows into our next segment very easily, but I will let you contradict everything that I've said. Rebut, yeah, rebut. I just, I just think that when you talk about trying to fit Havertz in, I actually feel like we've been trying to force the Jorginho Kovacic pivot into this side. And I think as we saw when we went to the 4-3-3, or we decided we were gonna you know, change the script versus West Brom after we went down three to nothing, is that trying to force this team to work with a pivot actually removes so much of the individual class that these players have. You know, when you looked at when we brought on Mason, when we brought on Conte, when you brought on Pulisic, and you just switched up what we were trying to do, and you took Jorginho and you took Kovacic out, which offer a lot in in certain situations, but Krasnodar realize that all you had to do is pressure Jorginho and the ball gets recycled back and didn't move us fast enough and kept us going slow. And I, I you know, Timo was dropping back deep too. Uh, Havertz was dropping back deep. And I think it was actually, to me, it's an indictment of if we want to take advantage, truly take advantage of Kai, of Timo, of Callum, of, of Joel. Like, you know, you, you've got a ton of players with pace out there. If you're going to put Jorginho in there, you are basically admitting that like we're okay, you know, knocking the ball around and trying to take 20 passes to get to a goal, which is not effective. The I I'm I would agree with that too because our central midfield options are a little limited right now, right? You don't have Billy Gilmore, so you basically have Kovacic and Jorginho and Conte, and Conte just played a really hard match and was no. all over the place on Sunday. Yeah, Mount. If we play a four-three-three, I don't know if he's necessarily a pivot guy. Like, right? You know, just in in the way that his strengths would shine. Mm-hmm. Right? I'm sure he would do it, and he would do it gladly, and he'd be all over the place. But I, that's, I think, my problem, right, Dan, is like when you have this pivot, there is no easy ang- easy passing angle for Jorginho to go bam forward. Mm-hmm. When you have a four-three-three, and he's sitting at the base of it, he has two minimum. And, and I think but, that's when, when you start to, and I'm not justifying him being our number mm-hmm. six or whatever, but I think that if, if you're trying to, if, if you're saying that he's, we have to play him at some point because, of course, the season's going to be long and dogged and, and Conte's not going to be able to play every match, thus what we saw last season, then I think having Kai and having Mason, having Kovacic as outlets for Jorginho so he doesn't have to recycle and go backwards and we play the slow, dogged style is really important. So so then I think we can officially announce the transition to the the 433 section here. Dear and, God. And say Thank goodness. So a lot a lot to unpack. Um we also didn't mention Reese James playing in the pivot which intrigues the hell out of me. I'm really interested in that. Um but yeah, second half Frank made the change, right? Benefit of the five subs you literally changed the formation of the team. I mean, you, you really can't do that with three. Uh, so the the way we look at it is I think everyone got most excited when it went to Conte at the base, Mountain Averts is eights going box to box. Uh, Christian obviously had a huge burst of energy and pace that, that injected into the game that, you know, Ziyech was able to take advantage of as well. Um, and it just, like, I, I look, I, I think it, we benefited from making a later sub. So, like, Krasnor seemed to run out of gas a little bit. But, Dan, I mean, this 
it all kind of clicked. Timo looked better. Kai looked better. Mason looked fantastic. Almost like he hadn't played in a game and a half and he had a lot of energy. Christian looked fantastic. And at that point, I mean, there was like a very like obvious difference in the match. Light bulb. Oh, yeah. It, <laughs> things clicked, man. It was like Griswold finally got it all plugged in and the lights just <laughs> blew you out. And you're like, oh, um, yeah, this is the, we should do this thing. This is good. Surprise. It works. It's, look, I think everyone who has mentioned the 433 on Twitter, on their podcast, on their Facebook group today was like, ah, see, I told you that this was going to work when Frank did it. Um, everyone feels a little vindicated today. And uh, if you were one of the 700 million Chelsea supporters worldwide and uh, through the galaxy, please make sure to pat yourself on the back. Um, because yes, the 4-3-3 worked and N'Golo Kante was able to sit back there. Mount and Havertz were able to play as eights and, and push the ball forward and do free up every other attacker to do what they need to do. And look, it will be interesting to see I think two things. One, does Frank keep this into the weekend versus Burnley? Please, please, oh God, please. Uh, I could very much see a scenario where that doesn't happen, and we're all going to be very disappointed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nick nods his head before I pass the ball to him. But in yeah, in general, it was such a good change. It did take advantage of, of Krasnodar being, I think, a little tired. They did not have the opportunity to make as many changes or substitutes as we did. They actually didn't even field a full bench of substitutes because they just didn't have the bodies available. And this also was not their first-choice side. They were lacking some of their starters out due to, to illness and injury. So with all that said, it was great to see the change. It was great to see it work. It was great to see it produce goals. But the other question is, Nick, why couldn't we start with this? Why did we have to suffer through the first 71 minutes before we said, you know what, let's let's let's, let's try something different. Have you, you ever and I'm thinking back to things that would have also done this. Maybe Conte player of the year when he first got here. So something that was just a seminal moment where Chelsea Twitter coalesced around an idea, agreed with each other, shared in the glory when it happened. I, I've never seen Chelsea Twitter in all of its various formations and ridiculousness come together over the four three three like they did today. I mean, it was insane. I, I, I was scrolling my timeline after work and I was like, oh my God, this guy even? What? What? <laughs> um, uh, so I, I don't know. I, it all boils down to me, Brandon, on balance. Four three three is a balanced formation. We don't lose the midfield. You could argue that Chelsea maybe only lose the midfield against Liverpool, maybe against City in the league if they play a 4-3-3. The rest of it is is there for the taking. And with this team last year, if we won the midfield, most likely we're going to have a good chance to win the game. So I look at the balance. I look at Kai playing a little deeper. I look at Mason hustling around trying to win the ball back in advantageous positions. I look at Pulisic maintaining width and not getting too sucked in, you know, overcrowding Kai as number 10. All of it looked good. Yeah, I think uh, I think that it the balance you're talking about, because in the 4-2-3-1, you, you really have like two sets of midfield lines, and it's very, you know, easy for the, the wide attackers in that formation to want to get forward. We saw, to your point earlier, Kai floating and not really with Jorginho Kovacic. It just kind of forces, it, it just keeps you naturally more linked and in, in together with that. So I think that, um, you know, that's probably a, a big part of it too. But, you know, the the flexibility that it gives, it can be a 4-2-3-1, it can be a 4-5-1, it can be, you know, a, it can really be like a, a 2 5 through two or whatever it turns out to be like it just it morphs because our wingbacks are so aggressive as and Chilwell they can play as outside mids essentially they can get all the way up and be dangerous um, and it creates a lot of overloads in the right positions now again it won't be the right formation every time but I would really like to think that this is a formation that we can settle into make the tactical changes within the formation but kind of have the structure of a 4-3-3 week in week out but again, we're talking about this for 30 minutes. Like we need it 
for a run of matches to 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 get it to sink in. So we'll have to see if he does it. But to your point, everyone really was was aligned that you know. But of course, it's hard to argue when you bury you know three on a team like this in, in a matter of minutes. Like it, it it's going to be an obvious thing. So we'll see if Frank. Um, you know, saw enough to continue it at the weekend. All right. Number three, the next and final topic that we have jumping in this one is called German goodness. So Dan, I'm going to throw this one to you for the squawk of <laughs> tweets. I want you to go ahead and tell us what we've got. We've got for this one. Yeah. Well, just, uh, you know, uh, one, one German in particular, Kai Havertz, and we'll talk about Timo Werner too, but his game versus Krasnodar with 80 touches, 35 passes in opposition half, 16 duels, seven aerial duels, six recoveries, four chances created, two tackles, two clearances, two take-ons completed, one interception, and one assist. So, you know, I think that, uh, yeah, this was not, a, again, I think I look at it absolutely as a tale of two halves because we actually started to build a little bit back into it in the second half. I think if you scrap what happened in the first half um, for a lot of this team, everybody's performance value goes up a little bit. And I actually do think Kai is starting to find some of what we're looking to see from him. I think, you know, he got big in the box on that aerial challenge. I'd love to see him convert ahead of goal. That would be fantastic. I think that we'll get an opportunity to see that happen this season. I also think that, you know, he was either top two or top three in the side for most distance covered. And so, like, I know, Nick, some of the commentary around him, like the, the lazy kind of stereotype was something that I think was sticking. I think he actually got in some pretty tough challenges here and mm-hmm. definitely, like, hip check a couple guys and was like, I'm not going to go down. Like, he definitely used his body and showed that he's not some some frail, lanky dude who's going to just be bullied by uh, by a big Russian team. Look, you got, you got to do something to get in there. Um, it's It's... They were, I think, well, I can't remember that one guy's name. Anyways, there's a couple of them. They're, they were a bit brutish, to say the least, in there. And it's something you're going to have to deal with. Um, but he's he's strong for how tall he is. You assume that you could kind of knock him off balance a little bit. But he holds his own well. Um, and, and like, they, they went on that hard tackle in the first half. And, you know, it caught him well. But he, he played through it. So, again, I just... Um, we're seeing more and more from Kai Averts. I mean, to hear people throw around the term that he's a generational talent, you know, I, I don't think anyone doesn't support Kai. You're just sitting here going, okay, um, we, you know, we're, we're seeing glimpses like wait until he really finds a rhythm and gets some consistency, uh, and then we can and really see him. Because, you know, against Sevilla, you know, he was he's involved. Against United, he was essentially a passenger, didn't really do, offer anything, and then he pops back up in this match. So, again, it's just... Part of it is the the lack of depth in the midfield that we have right now, and part of it is just all these matches coming in thick and fast. I mean, I in my prediction, I had him resting. I was like, "There's no way he can play a fourth match," but I, I guess you can since he took the United match off. Okay, just getting easy. All right. <laughs> wow. All right. Wow. Jeez, jeez, guy, get over it. All right, what about- Do we want to talk about Chelsea's new ten- uh, penalty taker next? I think that is one of the most divisive things ever said on the show, Dan. You know me. I'm all about unity. The, all, all the unity that Nick uh, was talking about with people loving the four-three-three, just already destroyed by talking about Timo and penalties. Yeah, I mean, you know, T- Timo, is that what you want, Dan? Is that what you want? You want a forward that bases their golden boot race off of penalties? Yeah, Look, yeah, as I, I have, I have a long-term history, as many long-time listeners will know that I got really salty about Aguero padding stats and trying to get a golden boot off penalties. And I still maintain that in a golden boot race, I don't necessarily count it the same way. But I would rather, but. if you gave me a choice, if you gave me a choice about the style of penalty my team's penalty taker is going to take, I do not like a cheeky finesse style penalty. I love someone who just goes up and buries it. Like the way that David Luiz took a penalty. Oh no! The way that Timo Werner takes a penalty. Do not want David Luiz. <laughs> Reckless at best. <laughs> like I, I, I love power. Mm. I love I love power when it comes to a penalty, and I I do think that great great sco- goal scorers want to score, and so if Timo wants to be on penalties, he's got a very similar success record to Jorginho. 
I, I would rather it be our, our striker. I, I just, what? I would. It's, it's, a, it's a preference. Hey. It's not saying that Jorginho shouldn't do it. And he got very unlucky with that <laughs> one. That's because exactly he what you're saying. <laughs> you're Pretty literally you're saying <laughs> Jorginho should not take them. Timo Werner should. And again, we're talking inches. So unlucky for Jorginho. But that's just the way his season's going. Like, I, I feel bad. You just can't catch a break. And... You know, life passes you by. Sometimes it, it comes at you fast, and unfortunately, we have other players that can take him, and you can jump in and, and do it. And all of a sudden, he's missed two this season. He hadn't missed two in his entire career before this. So, like I said, it's just it's unlucky for him a little bit. Yeah, it's a, it's a recency bias issue. It absolutely is. Well, and but Timo's just, probably in also, your fantasy but, team, you cheater. Actually, he's not at the moment. All right. So. So another one from at expected Chelsea, Nick, Timo Werner, 10 games played, four goals, two assists, three penalties, one. (laughs) Kai Averts, nine games played, five goals, two assists, one penalty, one. Four goals. Flops? Question mark? No chance. Um, Oh, minor error. Averts has four goals, not five. So anyways, uh, this, this German duo, I think what's great, they know each other, they have chemistry. They're always looking for each other. When Timo's out wide, he's looking for Kai in the middle and vice versa. So... Uh, just having them near and around each other, always looking to link, is is a positive for us. Yeah, I mean, I, the Kai number's a little inflated on on the goals, as, as three of those were against Barnley. But, <laughs> um, you know, th- these guys are going to be really, 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 really good for a very long time. They are not fully synced up yet. And not fully synced up means between them. <laughs> Uh, eight goals, four assists, and four penalties. One. That's the not synced up version. That's um. That's okay. Now, I think that Kai coming in from an eight is going to be a hell of a lot more dangerous. I think he's going to be able to drive the ball forward, and he's going to lose his runners a lot when there's interchange, and probably end up on the scoring end more than he's on the assisting end. I'm good with that. Um, that's just my personal preference on on that front. But I I really. I'm excited for these guys. I know that they're not clicking on all cylinders yet. And and still, we're seeing glimpses of what could be the next five to seven years of Chelsea Football Club, and it's awesome. Well, we're seeing individual brilliance shine through a structural challenge in information. You know, we've seen this attempt at a 4-2-3-1 stifle some of maybe the creativity mm-hmm. and make us move a little bit slower than you know these players might like to play but when we changed the formation we brought in you know again this was a match that put us closer to having every signing that Chelsea made in the summer out on the pitch and talent sometimes is all you need to make something happen and if you just give the players an opportunity to do what they do best and not be maybe so restrictive, move the ball. I mean, Frank was on the sidelines yelling fast, faster. Like, he knew what the problem was. And, you know, it took him a little while to get a change. But once he did, Timo was getting to take advantage of it. Kai was getting to take advantage of it. And they they both had, I think, a, you know, and got to enjoy themselves a little bit. I'm here. I'm here for it. I'm down. I like it. <laughs> I think, you know, like I said, I think Timo is the biggest signing of the summer. Um, I want nothing more than him to be successful. And I think we should build the team around him personally, because if you can get a goal scorer to school, game in, game out, week in, week out, month by month, it changes the dynamics of everything. So um, I haven't forgotten about Tammy. Um, I just, you know, Timo Timo's definitely shown a, a lot more and it's going to give Abraham hopefully some time to continue to develop into a, a really lethal striker in his own right because he's he obviously he's a completely different player from Timo Werner Tammy came on though and delivered a hell of an assist if I may just give him a mm-hmm. quick shout like his he he went down the right wing uh did some tricky wickets uh against his defender Slid a ball into Pulisic. Pulisic scored against again another horrific goal goalkeeping mistake. But I think if if you're Frank and you look at like Tammy coming on, you could excuse him for not being enthused to get the limited minutes that he's getting. And I think he came out and showed a lot of energy today. And uh, you know, Timo's not going to be able to play every match. 
none of these guys are going to be able to play every match. We need the we need the second, third options to be sharp in case, and that means getting them substitute minutes in matches, especially if we're winning, so they can come on and get a feel for the game. And that's exactly what Frank did today with five. And I hope that will be to our benefit this weekend because uh, Burnley are terrible. Uh, uh, terrible? Terrible. Yeah. If we don't be Burnley, look out. Terrible. So, uh, heading, terrible, to, heading to the finish line, the Dan of the Match in, in uh, group review here. Um, Dan, Dan in the match versus Krasnodar. This one is yeah. tough, you said, with selecting the four. You're looking forward to hearing, quote, why wasn't blank included for blank laughing emoji? So how did you lose, Dan? Talk me through it. Well, I didn't lose because it seemed like nobody was upset that players weren't included, and that makes me feel good. Yeah, anytime I can get, I can nail the four and there's not a mm. an inquest to the who who was admin in the account at the time. <laughs> I, I appreciate that. Not it. So not my favorite Mendy, admin. Pulisic, that's for sure. Werner, <laughs> Werner and Ziesch were our four choices. Uh, Werner with ten percent, Pulisic ten point two, Mendy rounded up to thirty one percent, and then with forty nine percent of the vote, Hakim the Dream, Hakim Ziesch. Really, your winner. Really? See, you're yeah. guys the man of the match. Yeah, I would say yes. Okay. Really? Okay. Really? Brandon, Brandon had Jorginho. It's a real, <laughs> it's a real upset pick. But look, I respect it. You know, I respect it. All right. Look, it's his personal preference. Nine hundred forty-seven votes. So I guess it's. Uh, who did? Who that, did that's you a have? statistically relevant sample size. I don't know. Did you have many? I mean, I always... Uh, Pulisic was the other good shout. I mean, he basically was involved in three of the goals when, after coming on. So. Well, it's because he has a beard now. You notice that, right? <laughs> Look, I've been telling y'all for years to grow a beard. Years. The, I don't like it. Like, Christian, stick look, to the clean-shaven look. You're far I'm, too I'm young also, for that. Five I'm going to prepare our viewers for something that could be quite dramatic coming up on our match review on Sunday. It's, be exciting. it's November time. It's November it time. I'm going full stash. Reset time. It is. It's time for the broom. The it's broom. Happening. All right. It, it wow. is. A, it is a fun time of the year. Uh, all right. So group standings and 5:38 statistics. Chelsea in top spot with four points, leading with the goal difference. So unsurprisingly, Sevilla beat Ren. All right. But we with that four nil victory have clenched on goal difference. Uh, Sevilla only up plus one. So, um, And then if you want to get into the 538 stuff, so obviously winning this one and being top spot, even though there's only two matches of the six played, it's a huge step in the right direction because it was a way as well. So, Dan, you're trying to tell me that Chelsea are essentially top 11 teams in Europe. Is that what you're trying to tell me here with this chart, with these colors and these numbers? Again, this is this is probabilities. This is the probability sure. that Chelsea make the round of 16 is 93 as a 93% probability that Chelsea make it, which would be very likely now, considering that we drew Sevilla and uh, we beat Krasnodar, and Sevilla beat Ren, and so we beat Ren. We're we're probably in a good position there, collecting seven out of the first nine points. What Zay is saying is if we have the chance to make the quarters, the probability is that Chelsea have a 48% or sorry, 46% chance that we will make the round of uh, the quarters and then that we will make the semis is currently at a 21% probability. Finals of 8 and winning it, winning the whole damn thing, a 3% probability that Chelsea do that. But you know what? Perfect for me. 3. Hmm. 3. Just milking this thing this year. Three comes in. I've never seen more added media value than three is getting. My goodness. Well, I mean, Yokohama just doesn't kind of naturally fall into your everyday situation. <laughs> what, what if it was what if on the right-hand column here? It's just a picture of a tire. <laughs> You're like, Damn it, Yokohama, you got me again. Or they, they should have put the tire every time there was a zero. Mm, yeah. I like that. That's the way they would have done the it. The best soccer advertising has to be Audi when they did the goal 
with the Audi logo oh, as the O's. Yeah, good. That to me, that was like one of the best, the best fits that ever did. So shout out to that agency. Um, but anyways, that I mean, that's it really. So um, by that's it, I mean today's Wednesday. <laughs> or I'm sorry, we're recording Wednesday. You're listening to us Thursday. We're recording Thursday for a match preview to come out Friday, which is the Burnley match preview uh nick alluded to the fact they are shite this season sitting in terrible 18th place they've won none they've drawn one they've lost four so look we're gonna have a lot to talk about that we're probably gonna go in super overconfident and then uh mess it all up but Mm -hmm. we're at least predicted and talked about it so uh more content coming to you this week obviously the burnley matches on halloween this saturday so uh, good excuse to wear a mask and be outside. Oh man, no, nope. no. Nope. All right. Anyways, boy, uh, that's gonna wrap uh, us Brandon's up. Brandon's comment into there this. was a spooky season. Here's boy. the deal: more content. That was, that was tough. Great opportunity. That's the scariest thing I've heard Get all day. The three points in the bag on the road. Chelsea are sitting pretty in the Champions League group stage. So, listeners, let us know what you want to continue the conversation about on social media. Nick and Dan, you're dead to me. Listeners, you're the best part about this. So, until next time, Chelsea fans, you know what to do. Keep the blue flag flying high. Seriously, dead. <laughs> oh, 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 oh.